to be back. I know we've got a couple episodes in the can here, but this is uh, this season is starting off to be. We're starting out with a banger. Uh, this <laughs> we we watched this movie over a couple of days. I mean, it's a quick it's a quick watch, but we did have to spread it out because we started it late one night. We we're like, all right, we're we're getting old. We gotta cut, we gotta cut this up. But you know what? This movie is so entertaining. It's so like, much fun. I could watch. I can't it. wait to talk about it. Every night. Let's do it again for the next two nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. Darren Stein, welcome back on the show. Thank you for having me. Last Darren. on for welcome Terms back. of Endearment. Terms of Enquirement. <laughs> yeah, terms of Enquirement. <laughs> Absolutely. And we decided to just dive right into Russ Meyer. Yeah. We're doing our first Russ Meyer movie on the podcast. We have almost done Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. We have a guest lined up for it. It hasn't quite happened yet, but you got to start with Faster Pussycat. I think so. I think so. Um, So that is the movie that we were talking about today. Yes, indeed. Darren, this was your suggestion, I think. You kind of brought this to us. And thank you so much for doing that. I knew that you would be the perfect guest for this movie. (laughs) Absolutely. Any film that's about eyeliner, I'm there. (laughs) And Oh, my God. These faces on these ladies, they are stamped, excuse the like, (laughs) <laughs> the drag lingo. Those faces are stamped on these broads. They look the so eyebrow good. story. <laughs> yeah. I love. Yeah. Yep. Tura Satana's eyebrows. No. Yeah. You have to wonder, did Divine get her eyebrows? Ab- yeah. That shape. It's, that shape. It's it is so like What woman specific. on film has done that before Tura? I don't think right. any. I don't think any. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Um, before we get started, Darren... Uh, just real quick, we should uh, congratulate. Congratulate Jawbreaker twenty five this week. She's so fucking old. God, what in the hell? Is I mean, time? I, I it's like the drive. Jawbreaker <laughs> child, drive. the Jawbreaker daughter daughter has been able to drink for a number of years, and now she can rent a car. She could get pregnant. I mean, she yep. <laughs> she's probably living in like La Habra with like a couple of kids oh, by no, now. She's in a K hole somewhere. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but wow. congratulations, and Thank I feel you. like I don't know if. We would have a movie like Jawbreaker if it wasn't for the heroine, <laughs> the anti-heroines in a movie like Faster Pussycat Absolutely Kill not. Kill too. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, this movie's amazing. Thank you for for uh, 
rec- not recommending it to us. This has always been in our wheelhouse, but thank you for insisting on talking about it with us today. So, Scott, you've got some stats on this movie before we jump in. Directed by uh, the one Mr. Russ Meyer, written by Jack Moran and Russ Meyer, released August 6, 1965. Faster Pussycat oh, right. Kill Kill, the American exploitation film. Uh, it follows three go-go dancers who embark on a spree of kidnapping and murder in the Mojave Desert. Okay. The high desert. Right. Now, okay, when I was young and I was not familiar with Russ Meyer movies, I remember references to it in like Same. other things, right? Yep. There, you know, there's a there's a Seinfeld episode where, you know, Elaine's at the diner and she says, it looks like a Russ Meyer movie in here because all the waitresses have big boobs. You know, things like that. And I was always like, what does that mean? Who, you know, asked my... I used to read a lot of Roger Ebert reviews and he, I mean, he was well, a, a yeah. collaborator with yeah. Russ Meyer in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, yeah. but he used to reference Russ Meyer's right. in... Russ Meyer, excuse me, I'm probably gonna singular. I'm probably gonna say that multiple times in this episode. Meyer singular. He used to <laughs> reference Russ's work in like a number of his reviews. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I remember asking my stepdad at the time when the Seinfeld episode aired because I was in high school. Like, what does that mean? Who's Russ Meyer? And he's like, he just directed movies with you know ladies with big old boobs. I was like, all right, okay, sounds good. Never got around to watching them for the longest time. I think I was in my twenties when I finally sat down and watched Faster Pussycat, and. Um, the the other movies in his filmography are kind of amazing. Faster Pussycat is part of his gothic era. Yeah, right? it's the, I would say it's the end of it. Oh, the end of it, okay. And those are like the black and white movies. Yes. And those were done just kind of in black and white just to save a little bit of money, right? Well, yeah, processing was cheaper. Okay. Have you seen the... Str- they Somebody cut scenes together of this movie colorized on I YouTube. Seen that. It's kind of cool. Wow. I mean it works I think as a feature better in black and white, but it's cool to see it in Technicolor though. It's so graphic in black yeah. and white. Yeah. You know, watching yeah. it this time it, it, I thought of like Night of the Hunter. Okay. Sure. Which I think yeah. is a bizarre correlation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. All, but that is a, uh, you know, noir mm-hmm. uh and it's sort of like German expressionist. Right. And I do feel like the girl, the women's legs and sort of the oil rigs, okay. A lot of the stru- <laughs> yeah. destruction, the, the sort of like barrenness of the desert mm-hmm. recalls almost avant-garde, you know, like abstract expressionism. Sure, yeah, absolutely. That these desert landscapes—they're so like California. Yeah. They're so specific to this like mm-hmm. Western kind of desert. These dry lake beds and all that. Um, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Just. Going back to his filmography a little bit, there's I I always kind of thought, oh, what do, what do they call them, the nudie cuties? I always thought, okay, this that's just his whole thing is nudie cutie, right? But yep. I guess when you dig a little bit deeper, it's like no, there's he had these eras, he just like a like a Picasso or something. I have, you know, he had these. I have a list of the Russ subgenres. Okay, so the yeah, nudie cuties documentaries, kind of like when you had to pass an adult movie for a documentary back in the day for like the censors of. We're 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 documenting these these dancing girls, and um, he did some yep. Mondo movies, right? Which is kind of where John Waters got the name, mm-hmm. like Mondo Trasho, is yeah. these Mondo documentaries. And I feel like there's a band named after Mud Honey, right? Yes, there is. There's like a '90s like grunge band. I remember Mud Honey. Yeah. So, and then we mentioned Gothic Period, which Faster mm. Pussycat Kill Kill is a part of. The dramas are kind of the melodramas, mm-hmm. and then the good old fashioned sex comedies. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, this movie is. It's, I guess, a small, you know, it's just so, like, um, 
compact. Like this cast is so small. It's just these, you know, these three girls and like this family of like three men and uh, just a couple of other people scattered in there. But it just, it makes such an impact when you watch it. The script is crazy. Yeah. The dialogue (laughs) is so quotable. And I think that's why it's probably one of the favorites of audiences Mm -hmm. is because of the script. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, the just visually, this cast is so iconic. Of these, Tora Satana. Yeah. Tora Satana what a, is... What, like, a screen presence. <laughs> Didn't he say he found her working like a secretary for a dentist or a oh, doctor? Jesus. Oh, my God. Because, you know, in the opening credits, he's like, it could be your doctor's secretary. Uh, sure. But but I actually, I think, read or saw somewhere that he, okay. found, he met, discovered Tura okay. as a secretary for a doctor. Wow. I think that she had done limited film work prior to this, yeah. probably mm-hmm. on television. But apparently... Haji Tura and the third and Lori Williams. Lori Williams. Yep, we're kind of badass bitches, right? Yeah, yeah. And Haji also has a very. She looks so contemporary when you watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Of that, mm-hmm. she doesn't look period. Like she looks like you could run into her in Silver Lake right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's terrifying. Something Beautiful. about her makeup contributes um, to that look. But. And but then Susan Bernard is the daughter of, you know, Bernard of Hollywood. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So she had sort of a Hollywood pedigree. Okay. So apparently the girls didn't fuck with Susan Bernard. Sure, and I know that I think that Susan Bernard's mother kind of got into it with them as they were filming. Yeah. Probably like you're manhandling my daughter who's barefoot in most of these she's scenes. She's in her bikini. I mean, in she, her bikini. That time. scene at the end, she's like rolling on the, she's getting yeah, beat up. I saw, yeah, I was noticing Which, that this time. I was like, oh my God, this is rocks and dirt and like, holy cow. Uh, and also, I mean, I, what I found out was, because I was thinking, she looks like a child. This is a child. And I'm like, just doing some research. Oh, she is a child. She was 16, 15? Yeah. And then when I shot this. Was she that young? I didn't realize. I think she was 16. Well, you know who her son is? <laughs> Josh Miller from Teen Witch. Oh, Josh Miller. Oh, you mentioned the Josh yeah. Miller. Co- well, he's oh, a very good friend of mine. Gosh, wow. He's a very dear friend of mine. We love Josh Miller. Yes. We love Josh Miller. Yes. And the fact that his mother is Susan Bernard and his dad is Jason Miller, the priest from The Exorcist. Yeah. That's pretty, uh, it's kind of iconic. Parents. Oh, my God. These are, wow. So then he's, is he stepbrothers with um, Jason Patrick? Jason Patrick yeah. then. Okay. Yeah. I've never. Holy cow. I knew that his dad was from The Exorcist, Jason Miller, but I'd never really made that connection. Of wild? who his, his stepbrother was. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and apparently, yeah, Jason's. I don't know who the mother is, though. But I think Jason Patrick is related to Jackie Gleason somehow or something. I'm not sure. Okay. Exactly, well, yeah, that sounds kind of familiar, strangely. Yeah. And how were that? Him and Josh are both in, you know, Lost Boys and Near Dark. It's yes. Kind of, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wow. what do you do when your mom is in Faster Physics at Kill Kill? How I do you mean, t- and your dad's in The Exorcist. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's a fun. It's not fun. And then his mom, and then his mom appeared in Playboy. I believe that she she was the first Jewish woman to uh, maybe be on the cover of Playboy. Yep, interesting. And that happened in in 1966. Yeah, naughty Susan Bernard. She was (laughs) in December. Yep, she will not be buried in a Jewish cemetery. No, no rest in peace. No, she she did pass away a few years ago. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, she is. Great, and I was going to say she does a lot of screaming through this movie, but they all do. I think Tura's delivery in this movie <laughs> just screaming every line shouting every but there's something about her voice and just this kind of uh gravitas that she has she's giving me a very um now i'm blanking on her name not is it susan tyrell from the honeymooner yes. or from the, the honeymoon killers 
Yeah, from Crybaby and is it Susan, Susan Tyrell? Yeah, yeah. she's mm-hmm. kind of giving from, me Forbid- from Forbidden Zone. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 she's giving me that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe I guess Susan Tyrell is giving me Tora Satana energy, yeah. I should say. <laughs> but um, you look at Tora and you just think of everyone that she's influenced. Yes, yes. Yeah. the black bangs, the eyeliner, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the hourglass shape. I mean, yeah. I feel like just Chola culture just <laughs> kind of just kind of formed around yes. both her and Lily Munster. <laughs> yeah, yeah there. Uh, I mean, I don't know if either of you got all, any all the way through uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Yeah, like, I remember the yeah. the Faster Pussycat yeah, section the of that. Three yeah. characters that mm-hmm. are very much there's a Faster Pussycat homage at the end of Death Proof. Oh right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, and then the poster. Oh, it's good is poster. like it's it's, it's iconic. It's yeah. just something that like if you grew up in America on Earth, you just like you've seen these images, right? They're just part of like. Cinema culture and tourists smoking the black cigarettes to go with her black outfit. I oh mean, it's God. just like the black gloves. <laughs> it's so fetish. The gloves the entire know, time. Just, yeah. Just, and then the Betty, the Betty Page haircut. Right. Was that was Betty Page? I guess pre Tora. I think she was the fifties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. Tora. I mean, it's just such. A, but I love what he, after after Tora beats some dude up. Her makeup's still perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, totally. I love that. <laughs> I love that her sign her signature move, the like this karate chop, mm-hmm. and it's just. Be, because of the time frame, I mean, I feel like the '70s was more when karate became this like thing in the United States, and like people kind of taking classes and all of that. So at this time, it was still a little bit more exotic and kind of and secretive. I think that Tora probably brought that to the character because yeah. she has a what back- is her ethnicity? Yeah, she has a background in karate. She's half Japanese and Native American, I think. Okay, so I think there's an otherness to her, right? Yeah, that absolutely. is really just incredible. Yeah, exciting, and her. Fluptuousness. Yes. So, I mean, she does have the largest breast in the movie. This top is so low cut, <laughs> and these bazooms are like front and center. That's They're great. on front the entire movie, and I'm just sitting there going, "This is the '60s. What is the technology in this top and in her foundation garments that is allowing this chest to stay?" <laughs> it's a feat of engineering, it's and I applaud it. Yeah. The, yeah, because yeah, they're they are the biggest the biggest boobs in the movie. Uh, I think it was um, Lori Williams who plays Billy. She said that she was kind of like, uh, or that Russ Meyer said that she didn't have a big enough bust, and so she was just like, "I'll pad it. I'll do whatever you want. Whatever we got to make it look bigger, let's do it." But, and but she came back, and he was like, "Okay, she's this, got the this works. She's got that beautiful hourglass figure. Yeah, when she's in that, that bikini." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the first shots of the movie is her on the go-go pole, right? Which is so Is that like, her? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really recall, I mean, well, Planet Terrors. Yeah. There's a major homage to that. Yeah. Just those, yeah. the gyrating bodies. I mean, there's there's sort of like immediately a danger to, you know, an eroticism, right. but also a violence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, these people are not to be fucked with. And they're, <laughs> anything, and they're, and they're not even, in, you know, uh, being violent yet. They're just, right. They're just dancing. Yeah. But in the dance, it is a primitive, it's almost kind of like a tribal quality. It, oh, absolutely. And the, just like these like back bends that they're doing and just like all these feats of physicality that you're just like, what is that? And again, in the 60s, I feel like, Imagery like this, where nowadays you kind of YouTube and the internet and everything, you kind of just see things. You see other cultures and dance forms and martial arts and all these things we just have this reference for. But I feel like the general population in the United States in the 60s would look at something like that. And these go-go dancers doing these crazy backbends and this, this exotic woman karate chopping someone, you know, in their solar plexus and him falling down going... 
okay, yeah, yeah, that that hit could have knocked that guy down because this mm-hmm. woman, I don't know where she comes from or what kind of training she's had, but like I trust these moves. Every now and then when she would she would fight, she you know, she had her karate chop, but every now and then she would put her hand into this like claw. This claw yeah. shape. And it'll be like, ooh, the claw. Like that's gonna be that one's gonna hurt. <laughs> Here's I a love question. Her fighting style. Do you guys think that Tora did her own makeup? Or do you think that was sort of developed by the film by Russ Meyer? Or what do you? How do you think the that's look interesting? Came because I feel like later on she kind of adopted it as like a mm-hmm. signature look for herself. Even you know, she, yeah. I think she pa- I think she didn't pass until like 2000, 2010s or maybe the teens. And all the way up through that, you know, in convention, you just find pictures of her online. And sure. she still had this look. Peaches had her at Midnight Mass. We Love just it. we <laughs> saw a picture of Peaches, Elvira, and, and, Tura. and Tura. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Yep. Yeah. And together. Yeah. And you just kind of get this, like, three generations. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> of dark ladies. I don't know. I, I, yeah. would am- I don't know of much about her prior to this movie. Or if she brought the look. I mean, I'm assuming that when you're out in the desert where they shot this, like, I mean, out where, like, Lancaster is. Like, out there. I mean, I think it's they away. probably had to do their own hair and makeup, yeah. wardrobe, yeah. just because they were way they were way out there. Yeah, it's my understanding. Uh, I think I heard this from Josh, that the three of them, Haji, Tora, and Bill, uh, Lori, mm-hmm. were, were, were kind of rough girls. Like yeah, they, right. They, they, they partied. They, yeah. I don't know if they did burlesque. They were strippers, but mm-hmm. they came from a much rougher world than Susan Bernard. Okay. So you know, I think they might have done their own makeup, and that that and, and Russ was sort of like casting, uh, you know, yeah, four types. Types. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it it seems like this is a kind of movie that was probably a rough and dirty kind of shoot. So yeah, if yeah. they're out there yeah. in the desert, then it's just like yeah, do your do your hair, do your makeup. There were you know how many duplicates of these costumes did they have maybe not that many mm-hmm. because they are yeah. jumping in lakes mm-hmm. fighting in the sand doing all this crawling around in the dirt <laughs> you know throwing sand in each other's hair like in these fights and i'm just like oh man these costumes like what is going on this is wild the camera angles i read i read somewhere that the camera never yeah. moves in this they're all we, still shots. we noticed that and it's not yeah. something that we well were, no we didn't notice it we saw it in a like a uh, but it creates a talk a, about it. Yeah. it creates a formal mm-hmm. a, a formal aesthetic that really demands your attention. Sure, right, right, and so right. everything in the frame takes on a bigger uh, quality, right? So like even the shot of Winter is driving, the shot from like under the steering wheel, yes. when she's sort of laughing maniacally, it's something yeah. disturbing about it. It's like yeah. close up with that face. Yeah, mm-hmm. or yeah. the shots of them driving from outside of the car, looking in, that are clearly mm-hmm. just like you know somebody shaking yeah. the car from yeah. the outside but it doesn't matter it, these are just really great shots and it just kind of shows you something like you know we we love John Waters in this house obviously but you go back and you watch the earlier things and you know divine's entrance in pink flamingos she walks in and it's her back mm-hmm. and then she sits down and talks to Edith Massey for an entire scene the camera doesn't move but it's the back of her head mm-hmm. the whole time. You're like, mm-hmm. this is Divine's intro mm-hmm. in Pink Flamingos, and it's the back of her head <laughs> for like a full minute, you know. And it just shows you that, like, Russ Meyer, this man is a director. Like, oh, he yeah. knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. And this movie is, it's well made. For, oh, it's well made. It's well designed. Yeah. And it's, we had never seen women being, you know, with such agency, being ultra violent. Right. Having their sexual desires met, mm-hmm. being uh, lo- you know, lusting life, lusting violence, being being dangerous. I mean, Tori Satana is referred to as a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she becomes sort of the antagonist by the end. Yeah, you know, everyone's sort of scared of Tora. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting the way the dynamic that she has with 
the girls, like mm-hmm. with this gang that she has, mm-hmm. because you know she does boss them around and she does tell them to like commit like crimes mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. these atrocities, and they just kind of they don't always do it. I feel like um, Haji is kind of the one that has the most like I don't know conscience or or voice of reason of mm-hmm. the three of them. She's just like. What is going on here? What are we doing? Like, why and Lori, are we doing and Lori Williams is just kind of going along with it. She seems like she I, has a very interesting dynamic. I with feel the rest like of the group. she's in it just for like the fun and the booze and just like she's, she's the one who goes off and gets gets laid. Yes, right? yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just drinking bottles of booze and just like yeah. I think she's the one that just is there because this crowd is gonna like get me what I want. But yes, she's not exactly. in it for like violence or anything. No. Um, but Haji, the Haji character and her are sort of lovers. Okay, I, th- I, th- I think. Okay, yeah. the one who's ba- I like that. who's in the lake bathing in the beginning. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But they're bisexual. You sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. So I love the, just like the lawlessness of, of, of their sexuality. But when okay, so so that's kind of the first instance where uh, Varla, Taurus Satana, she's like, go go get her, and she's like, I I gotta get wet because Lady Godiva wants to go for a swim. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my line. god. Some of these lines I have. Some of the lines written in my notes of... Um, but the way that Varla's just like, go get her! Yeah. <laughs> Some of these lines, they make the mafia look like a couple of brownies. Yeah. I don't beat clocks, just people want to yeah. try me. Yeah. In that delivery. Before she says, I don't beat clocks, she says something else. I forget what it is. Something like, oh, I don't try, I just do. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, it's funny. I, I must have seen this film as a kid because yeah. I feel like so much of Jawbreaker is in it. It's like, sure. It's so arch. But, but, but John Waters was, was, was influenced by this and I was influenced by him. So it's like, I think it's just a cult film sort of trajectory. Trickle down kind, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> that whole scene at the beginning where, where we meet the couple that are out drag racing on the, li- the dry lake bed. What in the hell? Did people do this? What are they doing is this out a there? thing? What are they doing out there? Time trials? I mean, they're what? just they're just racing cars, and he wants they want to see how fast their car is going to go. He wants to be able to open up his car, yeah. and and this dry lake bed is like. And what is Susan Bernard doing in a bathing suit in the middle of the desert? I don't. It's great. She she's sunbathing. I guess she just wants to hang out with the boyfriend, <laughs> and she's like, "I brought a picnic." She has her. And I'm she just, has her little you know, chair set yeah, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's ready for a good time. Yeah. I mean, she's just ready for some good, yeah. some fun. She's gonna time him. She's mm-hmm. and then and then we're gonna have a picnic, and then we're. Gonna I will say that Russ Meyer, you know, for being female centric with this movie, he has cast some very attractive men in this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I I really appreciate yep. that he you know he has an appreciation for the male form, not just the female form. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, uh, Dennis Bush. Which one is he? The, is he the vegetable? He's the vegetable. I mean, yeah. the vegetable. The vegetable is giving Rocky <laughs> from Rocky Horror, right? Absolutely. And he Absolutely. and Dennis Bush has that body. He has that '60s bodybuilder form too. Of kind I don't of. No, I think it's a little contemporary because sometimes '60s bodybuilders kind of look like Fred Mertz. And he's giving he's a, a little. This one is. He's giving like I feel like more contemporary, like just thick guy. Small waist and big ass. Yeah. yeah. He's just a whole lot of man. Yes. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of man. <laughs> yeah, and we love it. And that scene when he's fighting off the car at the end, when she's trying to pin him against oh, the wall. I love that scene. God. What a great... Oh, that God. was so violent. <laughs> like, it's a, the brutality of this movie. It just goes for it. Yeah. Imagine watching this in... What, what year did this come out? 70? Six, 65. 65. Yep. 
People must have yeah. been losing it. Release That's date what of, I'm saying. People release date of August, but I mean, with minds. just kind of how these movies circulated, I mean, yeah. it would have it would have been kind of no, when, platformed out to various she's cities. Like, yeah. She's pressing on that accelerator. She has got her, her <laughs> the pedal mm-hmm. to the metal, yes. and he stops the car, and the look on her face, yeah. she's just like, oh, You're not dead yet? Shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah, and, okay, you're suspending your disbelief. Can this man stop this Porsche and you're just like I mean does it matter I it believe he matter. can it's happening right yep. now I believe he and can believe and yeah. it still pretty much kills him yeah but, yeah, it, yeah. but, but I love that it's a, it's a slow torturous process yeah this is a sequence yes no it's you know yeah, you watch it you, and it's you like digging the car it. into the dirt oh my god the editing's so great yeah yeah, yeah. and how about when not to jump around but like no. when Tora you know she drugs you know the girl that you know Susan Bernard yeah I love this women on women, Linda, you know, yeah. drugging. She's like, oh, no. she's like, I gave her a couple of pills. She'll be fine. She's yeah. like, good for the two hours. <laughs> it's very insidious. <laughs> it's very insidious. And I, I love the way that she just comes up with these stories on the mm-hmm. spot. Like, sure. when they do meet the old man. He's just like, she had this. Why do you have this girl drugged in your car? And she's just like on the spot. She's just mm-hmm. like, oh, and she got in trouble, and and uh, she comes from, you know, her family's in society, and we, and the story is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's like. It's it's more than oh convenience of the script and and plot armor. It's like no, this woman is a sociopath and can make up these lies right. like this and tell it s- straight. And everybody's like, oh yeah, that makes perfect. Right. <laughs> and as soon as she hears about this old man living out in the desert from the the gas station clerk, what does she say to the gas station clerk oh, God. that uh? Uh, you won't find them down there, Columbus. I love that. Line. <laughs> um, but when he, when she finds out about the old man mm-hmm. living with the sons in the desert and the money, you can kind of see she has this fully formed plan in her brain as soon as she hears it. Too. Right, right, right. Yep. Okay. So before we go any further, I'll just give a little, a brief kind of TV guide synopsis of this movie, if possible. Uh, three go-go dancers. I'm assuming from the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, it starts off with them on the pole and they decide to take off in their three individual cars and uh, they all look like Porsches, 60s sports cars, really cool. And they're just out drag racing in the desert. As one does. As you do, you know, with your friends when you're done with a a shift. Uh, They come across a couple who are doing these time trials and the main girl, Varla, and uh, her two pals... Uh, are Rosie and Billy. Rosie's played by Haji, and Billy's played by Lori Williams. Um, they come across this couple doing the time trials, and Varla's a little too salty for her own good, and um, there's a scuffle, and she straight up kills the boyfriend, right? The girlfriend becomes hysterical, so they throw her in the car and take, take off. off. Take off. They find a little town, there's a gas station there. Talk to a gas station attendant. And how does it come across that they f- talk about, oh, they see the truck? They see the old man and the and and the vegetable. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, oh, this guy has a lot of money, and it's buried somewhere on his farm. And immediately, Varla's like, okay, we're going to go get this money. So they go out. They're still in the middle of the desert. This little town is nothing. It's not even a town. It's literally a gas station and nothing else. So they go to... Uh, the it's kind of a farm it's just like a homestead out in the middle of nowhere and there's an old man he's in a wheelchair his youngest son 
who is only referred to as the vegetable because he has some sort of uh, developmental, you know, issues. Um, and the old man is in a wheelchair. He had an accident with a train and he had a settlement. And this is the money that they're trying to find. And then we find out that there is an older son and the older son goes by Kirk. Kirk okay. Yep. And um, hijinks ensue. There's a lot of there's a lot of more stuff. There's a lot more stuff going on uh, at the house. They are trying to find this money. You know, Varla and Kirk go off. Billy and the vegetable go off. Linda tries running away several times, screaming off into the desert. Uh, most most of the time, barefoot and in a bikini. And uh, the old man is a creep. You know, we don't see him outwardly kind of assaulting Linda, but it's Im- very heavily implied that he does. Um, he's got a piece of her clothing that he, like, ripped off of her. She, like, runs away. We see that later on. And um, all the while, we're st- we're thinking that the money is hidden somewhere in the house, around the house. This is what Varla's thinking. And we're just going to go around, and we're going to look for it, and we're going to find it. And if we don't, we're just going to get rid of we're everybody. It's only three more people. It's yep. only it's only a cripple, you know, his his uh, mute son and and the other one. Um so okay, so that's kind of like the overarching theme of this story. Uh Yeah, I I think that there there's some really great performances in this movie for it being kind of like an exploitation movie or kind of like a low budget or a trash cinema or whatever. It's just it's like tra- it's like Trash cinema meets, you know, gothic, you know, sort of like intrigue and drama. Mm-hmm. Like the vegetable son is also a hunky, beautiful blonde. Oh my god! Who apparently probably what killed his mother when she was giving birth to him. I sure, guess I think Im- so. That's kind yep. of implied, I think. And, yeah. And, and so the father hated him ever since that because he killed his wife. Right. Right. And so they have some weird dynamic. Oh. The son who comes back, I'm not even sure. He's the most sane of the three of them. Right, right, right. He's bringing dinner, right? Right. And then the whole, you know, second half of the film is centered around this, like, you're going to have dinner with us, and we're going to make you fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which which it was like, okay, is that a plot point? Okay, that's fine. They're all going to... They, I mean, they keep referring to this lunch. <laughs> we're gonna have lunch, lunch. We're getting lunch the is happening, lo- and then they finally have the lunch, and it's weird. The longest day ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the they lunch- do a lot during the course yeah. of this day, and that's something else that reminded me of Rocky Horror because there's that big dinner scene in Rocky Horror that oh, comes yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah Remember yeah, when he yeah. well, then he's got Eddie, then he reveals the body of Eddie under the yes. Uh, <laughs> the, I was like, oh, okay. Well, if they can do that in Faster, faster Prince Cat, that 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 connotes plot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I like that uh, they're like, oh, you know, we just. We just need some water, and you know, because uh, the old man at first is very wary of them. He's just like, "What are you doing here?" and all that. And Varla's just like, Varla plays it very cool at first. She's like, "We just need some water." She we're gonna figure she out comes what's up with the whole on. story about Linda, but he's like, "Okay, you can use my water." And then he says something about like charging them or something like that. Yeah, or, like he's for got the, a, for the water. He's got water. yeah, he's got yeah. like a timer on it or some or a meter. And the water's important because the girls can strip down and, and yes, in true yes. Russ Meyer fashion, <laughs> that you can you can show Lori Williams like, but you know what? A bath. But you know what yep. though? Yeah. There is it's pretty modest. Tame, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's you like, don't see any of of Tura. There's I a lot of there's a lot of cleavage. Yep. Tura's cleavage is front and center the whole time, but you don't see mm. any nudity. There's no nip. There's and no- another great dialogue is like what, about the lunch. Is it formal or can we stay comfortable? Yeah. <laughs> and Tora's like, he wants company, our kind of company. 
<laughs> and so I guess that means they're just wearing what they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Get those tits out, girls. <laughs> Did you notice? Yeah. So Pete pointed this out to me. The old man, he's in Edward Scissorhands. Oh, wild. He's one yeah. of the, he's the one when uh, Nick is walking down the street and he says, did they catch him yet? That cripple. That's great. And just the thing well, with I think there's hands, a lot of rest. And he's sitting in the in the yeah. driveway, in and I was Tim like, Burton's "Oh yeah, Park. okay, absolutely, yeah, yeah." yeah, yeah. Um, and he and Tim Burton does that on purpose. He he casts people that yeah. you know, Vincent Price, things like that. Exactly. Um, How about the blonde when she uh, the Lori character Billy, right? Mm-hmm. When she has the muscle man show show her him work, working out. Oh, and she's like, "You need a manager. I'll be your manager. I'll take ten oh percent." Yeah, like she's always like you said. She always has like a scam going. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. uh, an angle. Yeah, <clears throat> I love that she's just like. I mean, you got to get that big somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what do you what do you do to like get this body? You got yeah. you got to do something. You got to work out. Yeah, the old man's just like, yeah, he works out. Show her, and yeah, he just has he just has like a weight bench, and he's just like pumping iron, and yeah, she's just like, all right. Let's do this. Let's go to let's go to let's go back to LA. Like I, she's gonna be his manager, but for what? Is she a fitness model? Mm-hmm. Fitness model. Cheesecake. Yeah. Cheesecake photography. You can she get probably, him in some beefcake magazines. She, she knows some guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> she knows she knows some photographers. She she can make this work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, but it's it's so interesting because they, they just kind of find these excuses to break everybody up, right? Yeah. To so that everybody's off in, in these little these smaller groups and people are break breaking off and running away and, and yeah like we have Tura <clears throat> the blonde gets drunk right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she passes out <laughs> yeah <clears throat> Tura hooks up with the brother that yes. comes that comes in later yes who seems to be the most sane of the three of them right Kirk but he's thinner than her so he's it's it's sort of fun to watch her sort of literally dominate him it's interesting yeah. he's definitely <clears throat> more slight of a yeah. man than she is yeah which yeah. is great yeah which is a kind of a sexy scene yeah um and then. Uh, he he has this line of dialogue which is kind of crazy. He says, "You're a, you're a beautiful animal, and I'm weak, and I want you." <laughs> and I think she says, "What's weak about wanting? Everyone wants." Uh, which is such a great uh, yeah. Oh it's really God. about it's kind of satanic. Yeah. It's, really, it's really it's just really about yeah. like living your life, right? Right? You know right? I mean? Yeah. Or, or, or sort of like uh, putting your pleasures at the or, yeah. Or just he, kind hedonism. of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, don't they call hedonism. it? Yeah. Uh, like the id, yeah, the id, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is also very Rocky Horror. You know, there's yep. no, there's no crime in giving yourself over to pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And then when Tor's hooking up with a skinny brother, mm-hmm. Haji is watching jealous, jealously. There you go. Haji looks a little pressed. Yes, yes, she is. She is mm-hmm. very much just like what the fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Um, what does the what does the old man say about like about women? Like, let, we're letting them vote. Oh, letting yeah. him vote, letting oh, him drive. Let me, let me look up He's that. just like, we're letting him vote, we're letting him drive. We've got a Democrat women, president. Women, <laughs> they let him vote, smoke, drive, and even put him in pants. And what happens? A Democrat for president. <laughs> yeah, isn't it cool That's how Russ one. Meyer films even have political context? I mean, sure. They, they, <laughs> yeah, they, it's so much more than a, uh, just what you think it is on the surface. And I think Ebert was the one, a big critic, who sort of like validated him as a as a filmmaker with his review, his early right, reviews. Right, right, right. I read some really great quotes on because um, Ebert said that he did not write about his movies as they were friends, just kind of a conflict of interest. And then they re-released the movie in the mid '90s, and what he wrote about him. What is it about? What is it about Meyer that spurs critics to this hyperbole? I think it's an intensely personal reaction to the visceral power of Meyer's unusual image. Take away all the jokes, the elaborate 
camera angles, the violence, the action, and the sex. And what remains is the quintessential Russ Meyer image, a towering woman with enormous breasts who dominates all of the men around her, demands sexual satisfaction, and casts off men in the same way that in mainstream sexual fantasies, men cast aside women. So interesting. It is, yeah. And so he was a proponent of this movie when it originally was released because yeah. I know it got a lot of negative press. Right, because the film before this was Motor- Motorcycle, right? Right. Which yep. was essentially the same story but with men, right. not women. Mm-hmm. And so which leads me to believe he was sort of making this film as a sort of like a more sort of evolved piece, right? And yeah. It, and it kind of works better with women at the center of it. Yeah. With women at the center of yeah. it. Yeah, it almost seems like he did, like the timing was on purpose. Like I, I will be able to get Motorcycle made because it's a more standard of a kind of genre piece, right? And mm-hmm. people kind of get that plot, okay? Now that's done. And then what What? What if I just did it kind of a gender swap version of that? And they're like, okay, what a kooky idea. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that he, can't, that he went in that direction. But there's just something about putting these women like in front and center in these roles. And yeah, you just, every time they just spout off one of these one-liners, when like the... The gas station attendant's like looking for, you know, he's never seen a Porsche. In this little, you know, podunk town, mm-hmm. he's never seen this like he's Porsche. Like, what kind of car is that? Italian Let car. alone yeah. a woman like her. And yeah. like yeah. he's looking for the he's looking for the gas, like the gas cap. She's like, right, Fender Einstein. <laughs> and let's not even ask like how like for, you know uh, go go girls can afford Porsches. That, right, it's a fantasy. Yeah, like, yeah. Know, it's not, it's I not, mean, it's, it's not just, about that. It's this fun cartoonish <laughs> world that yeah. makes it so much fun. It's like yeah. it, it's fantasy filmmaking. It is really. Yeah, is. Scott was like, "This is so Fast and the Furious that they each have their they own each car. have their own car, <laughs> just mm-hmm. following each other." I do also love that they're on these dirt roads out in the middle of the desert, salt flats, dry lake beds. And there's like tire screeching noises mm-hmm. in the back. I'm like, I don't know the tire. And there's wall to wall score. <laughs> the music, I beautiful found. score in this yeah. movie. Uh, yeah, I found that the score really elevated the entire film. Sure. Yeah. And it kept the feeling like moving. Yeah. And it was like a beautiful score. Like you said, it was like a full orchestra. Yeah. This was not like some rinky dink score. This was like, yeah. And th- that's the thing. It's like, I can't, I kind of feel like this movie in particular, and like most of Russ Meyer and the earlier movies have this reputation for being these like shoestring budget, you know, kind of low budget throwaway movies. But like you watch it, like this is a movie. Yeah. This is like a pro- <laughs> well produced. And how, how interesting in the very, very beginning when he's, you see the, the, the sound mag. Right. And, he, yeah. and you have the voiceover that's like, welcome to violence. Yeah. And then it goes into like, she could be your, you know, yeah. doctor's, doctor's secretary, a stripper, you know, and, you know, it, it establishes this world where women are dominant. Right. Violence is, is celebrated. Yeah. And, sec- and sexuality. And it's almost like a, a mission statement. That's what oh, I'm talking sure. about. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. And, and he does it over just the mag and the sound, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is very audacious. It really is, especially for the time. I feel yes. like I'm watching it going, what the hell were people thinking? Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen uh, Zone of Interest? Yes. Okay. And Zone of Interest starts like that with yeah. the, with, is it like green or red? Mm-hmm. I think it's like green. Yeah. Yeah. And you, what you're telling the audience is, this is going to be a, a different experience. We, and you and you yeah. see that for like a full minute. Yeah, because you're telling yeah. the audience, get into this meditative state now. This is not yeah. going to be like other movies. Something's going to be different, wrong, right. subversive. And and so Russ Meyer did that in the '60s. Yeah, in yeah. a film like this. Right. It is because guess what? These images hadn't even been seen seen like this. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, you know what I was watching? I, I I thought of Psycho. Wait, mm-hmm. what, what year did Psycho come out? 1960. 1960. Yep. 
And this was 60... 65. So five years later, yeah. Mm-hmm. It has the power and the formal, the formality of Psycho, right. I, th- I think, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And even the, the old man in, a, in, a, in the wheelchair in the reminded wheel- me of this yeah. Norman Bates' mother. Yeah, definitely. Because that could be thought of as a gothic horror, Oh, absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. And yes. it's country fried horror, too, because they're, yes. yeah. they're in this, this ha- motel in the house mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, the thing about the Bates Motel and the Psycho House mm-hmm. is that the way it's framed in the movie, you, there's no structures around it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It is in the middle it of is, the, the desert. It is just kind of the high desert yeah. of California. Mm-hmm. It's like Night of the Hunter. It's like this mm-hmm. German yes. expressionist yeah. netherworld. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was an extremely audacious opening. I love that. Gosh, that's great. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing when... Uh, I, I feel like people need to kind of give movies like this a chance if they've not really like gone out and looked for it. But unfortunately, this movie... Well, fortunately, it is on YouTube. And it's so, a high-def quality and it's, on YouTube. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's a great print that's on there. So you can the, watch it that way. A lot of way. the availability of Russ Meyer movies Very hard are to find. kind mm-hmm. of hard to find. A friend of mine is, is friends with Vixen. Uh, what's, what's the actress's name again? Who plays Vixen? Um, in this? No, it's no. from Vixen. Oh, I, I forget, but she's yeah. one of his, uh, she's been in several of his films. Okay. Anyway, he was saying that, oh, well, I told him I was doing this podcast. He's like, well, you know, his films aren't available. <laughs> Erica, <laughs> Erica Gavin. Erica Gavin. Gavin. Yeah. 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 He's like, you can't find his films anywhere. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. You can find some. <laughs> and no, yeah. that's why I was so happy to, to find Fashion yeah. Music on, on YouTube, but not just shitty VHS copy. Right, like right, right. Definitely at least a 2K Super Vixens on uh, Plex. I was watching yes. that right before you came over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the greater Los Angeles area, you can head over to Videotech in Highland Park, and they've nice. got a full Russ Meyer DVD selection for rent. And the so. new Bev last year showed Faster Pussycat. We saw it. We saw it. We saw it. What was it with? Yeah. Uh, Switchblade Sisters. Switchblade Sisters. Sisters. Yep. That's right. Have you ever seen Switchblade Sisters? I'm not sure I have. Ton of fun. It's fun. Yep. Yeah. They were a fun du- They were a fun double feature. Switchblade Sisters is from the 70s, and it's shot uh, mostly in Los Angeles. And we're just and I'm just sitting there going, "Oh man, that was when LA was fugly. Man, it was dirty and gross. I mean, it's pretty dirty and gross now, but." <laughs> <laughs> but more so than uh, that, that's a fun one. I, uh, I we definitely recommend. Switch I mean, I'm such a huge sucker for just like bad girls in movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be women in prison or anything yeah. like that. But girl gangs, all this kind of stuff. It, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Just because women I feel that like take shit from no one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're just so inundated with like you know these male dominated movies. I feel like just this. It's so interesting. Every now and then, I step out of my male privilege, and I think, you know, what as a woman do I have to look forward to to go see, like, the fucking Avengers? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or even something like Fast and Furious. It's like, okay, there's three girls in this. Mm-hmm. Do they talk to each other ever? Maybe. <laughs> but it's so interesting that just these these male-dominated movies, and just to see something, even even bad girls, even these girls that are just, like, up to no good, at least it's fun. At least Tura and Haji, <laughs> you know, are they're just having, it seems like they're having a great time, even though it's like some some scary shit's going down. Yeah. But we as an audience are just like, fuck yes, this is great. I love the opening, one of the opening lines when she says to the two girls, when Tura says, you want to prove something, chickies? <laughs> Let's see who the real chicken is. And then, you know, and then they play chicken yeah. with the cars, right? Mm-hmm. So I love how she's like sort of rallying them up and it's always this sort of violent sort of like competitive world going on 
right? And I th- it's so interesting that this character just has this point of view about her life and other people's lives. Or mm-hmm. yeah, she's playing chicken mm-hmm. in her car with mm-hmm. these two other women. You know, later on, she fully runs over. Two people. Mm-hmm. She hits the guy in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. She hits the vegetable. Mm-hmm. That shot where she... I mean, I know it's its sped up mm-hmm. for, you know, for impact. Mm-hmm. But when she hits him and his body goes flying, mm-hmm. that shit is wild. Yeah. She gets run over by the truck at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But she's just like... This is this is it. This is life. This is you know. Mm-hmm. It makes life me kind of. Right it now. makes me kind of wonder. And I'm glad that we don't get a backstory for this character because you don't need it. But it's kind of fun to right. think what is her backstory mm-hmm. of kind of. You're thinking of what is her life off the page of this movie. I would. I would. I would love to know. Yeah. Is is like. Is her is it full time at the you know at the gogo bar? Is this like burlesque situation? I think she's Just, like robbing banks. Yeah, I, I mean you she's know. probably a teenage runaway. Yeah, yeah, had a yeah, really bad home life. She's fully robbing banks. She's doing mm-hmm. things like that, and then you know when she's got time, she goes back to the bar. She's at the beauty salon. Yeah, I mean that hair needs yeah. to get dyed and yes. cut. You yeah. know, <laughs> absolutely. She's cinched for her life. You know, she's doing the burlesque. She's stripping. She's she's just indulging in her pleasure wherever yeah. she can get it. She's like getting her car worked on. Maybe she's working on the car herself. I thought it was an interesting scene though when in the beginning with the innocent couple when she's beating up the guy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because they have a whole skirmish. They're like, they're, ro- they're, ro- oh. they're rolling around yes. in, the, in the dirt. Yes. And at one point he's straddling Torah, mm-hmm. and it feels very sexual. Yeah. And then you're like, oh boy, is he going to get the upper hand? And but no, this is yeah. called faster physics. Yeah. Kill, kill. <laughs> so <laughs> you know she gets up and karate chops him. And yeah. But but before that happens, there is a mix of sexuality in the violence with the women. So it's interesting how the, the lens, which is a male lens, mm-hmm, obviously it's mm-hmm. Russell, Russ Meyer, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, provides pleasure to men right. while also right, you know, right, right. letting the women kill them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it's it's something where it's like, okay, now I remember her moves because she she does, you know, get the better of this guy, and then she, when she gets on top of him mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. able to grab his arms mm-hmm. from behind and all that then later on when she does have the fight with the younger brother they're kind of doing the same thing rolling around mm-hmm. he gets on top of her she gets on top of him and i'm just like don't let her get on top that's that's her kill move mm-hmm. <laughs> but i feel like yeah the at the end of the at the end of the day are these movies made for like straight men to like ogle these women and just well they like, were originally right yeah right i don't think women were Going to these movies back in the day, mm-hmm. no. So were these? So these were exploitation movies. Were they kind of shown in those like grindhouse exploitation yeah. theaters? Like, yeah, these right? Exploitation movie theaters. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You, you these were not around. considered. Yep. This was not considered like proper cinema. Like, right. This is rated X, I think. Or yeah. NC, there was yeah. no NC, or just no rating. No there rating. Was, yeah. Yeah. There was no NC seventeen. No, I think this it was, was either X or just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny today. I had I had lunch with Alan Arkush who. Wrote and directed uh, Rock and Roll High School. Okay, yeah, and uh, we love Rock and Roll yeah. High School. Yeah, and I was house. just having I was having a full fangirl moment <laughs> yeah. with him because I love the Ramones, I love yes. Rick Randall, I love Mary Warnock, Paul yeah. Motel. The movie like completely like changed my life. And he goes, "Well, you know, the audience for that went film was really women." Okay, because of. Um, PJ Souls. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. He said he said it was not the Ramones that sold that. Just movie. kind of the, the wild success of something like Halloween and Carrie. Not even that. It's because PJ made that character 
likable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gave her. Oh yeah. You want to be. You want to be the PJ Souls. Character in that movie. Like she brought a a lot an inner life to that character that was not on the page. Right. That it was. It wasn't about the Ramones. And I thought that was so interesting. Just kind of the character that women could latch on to. Yeah, because and and in the movie she you know fi- is supposed to find Joey Ramona. Joey, yes, the whole you know? time. Really, yeah, which is Joey. A, that's the one. But that's the band they got. They, <laughs> yeah. The Ramones got the film made. You know, right? They, they, no, had, yeah. they, they, they had to get a big band in there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was surprising <laughs> to me that women were the primary audience to, and, and then at revival houses mm-hmm. to that movie. Right. You know, and I wonder what. And I think now women probably love Faster Pussy Got Kill Kill. I mean, I, th- I, yeah, would, I, would, I would imagine, I mean, when, do you remember when you went to the New Bev? I'm sure the audience was, was split between men and women. I think, yeah, I think, I think it was I very it was, split. It was yeah. pretty split, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so I find this kind of maybe apocryphal, but, you know, you, you do, like, IMDb trivia and, and, and or, like, the Wikipedia page, and they'll be, like, references or, like, references in media. And in a lot of different places, they're... They're noting the Spice Girls say you'll be there video. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I mean, I can it's see in it. The desert, but other than that, <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe the references weren't quite all there yeah. as they were they're, filming the video. They're in the but desert, I, and I kind of buy it though. They're in the desert, and they're all wearing black. Yeah, and they all have like big bouffant hair. Yep. So okay, Rocky okay. Horror for sure. Yes, I mean Absolutely. Brad and Janet, the yeah. innocent couple. Yeah, Tora is very Frankenfurter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Scott in the wheelchair. The whole big dinner. <laughs> yeah, the sex and violence, the hedonism. Yeah. That's that movie is all over. I mean, yeah. Fast Forward gets all over Rocky Horror. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, the vegetable character. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so that's so interesting. But yeah, it's but. For, I, it probably wasn't the Spice Girls. I don't know that like Jerry's like, babes, you know, I want to do this video, babes. Let's do Faster Pussycat, babes. I, it was probably the director just like, I got this idea. But, you know, it's interesting that they, you know, to put these women into this, you know, into the situation of of, of this particular movie. But yeah, I, th- I think definitely now uh, in modern audiences. Going to the new Bev, it's difficult because half of the audience are always going to be um, letterbox bros. So you're like, all right, those guys are over there. right, right. <laughs> we got the letterbox bros. I bet you there's letterbox, you know, sisters too. Now. There are, yeah, the letterbox you know? girlies. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I probably quite girlies. a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scott's a letterbox girly on his, his <laughs> But um, yeah, the it's the the life that this movie has taken on after you know it's intended audience or its intended kind of place in in cinema and it's it's it is very interesting for to kind of i remember learning about kind of um exploitation movies and that the fact that there were different movie theaters that played different types of i think we got a lot of that from john waters commentary from cecil b demented yeah i feel you know growing up as a a when I was a kid in the 80s and 90s, it was multiplex. You know, we had multiplexes. You know, this was the the single theater, single screen movie theaters were out or on their way out. And so for me, and I'm 46, so for me to be like, I don't remember that, that's like, that was a while ago. So I think it's important to keep talking about these. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I always for think sure. it's so interesting. I forgot what exploit, I think when we were doing Switchblade Sisters mm-hmm. of, uh, What's the what's that production company? It's American International. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of certain genres of these cult movies that played really right. well in certain areas of the country. Yeah. I also find stuff like that to be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Like his movie I was reading somewhere that like 
Pussycat or one of his films played like for like, you know, five months in Chicago on one screen. Yeah. And yeah. made like seven million dollars. Yeah, that shit you know, is wild. Selling it, it to, to markets. It's wild to yeah. think that before yeah, there was no video, there was yeah. no cable. Yeah. It was yeah. movies, period. Mm-hmm. And kind of just how this movie ended up getting made that motorcycle uh, motorcycle did so well that they were like, well, we can do this again yeah. and make even more money and put women in it. Yeah, and I love how Russ Meyer really credits his, the, act, the, the writer. Is it mm. Jack Moran, who, mm-hmm. the guy who wrote this? Mm-hmm. You know, he really does give this, this guy credit, and he did write more than this movie for, for Russ. He wrote a couple of them, and they are regarded as some of Russ's best films because the writing oh, okay. is... Listen, the dialogue is spectacular. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah, that's... that's that's some. That's such a standout of this movie. Yeah, it's like I was watching Super Vixen. Yeah, have you ever seen any of Part, Super Vixen? Of it, yeah, like with with Charles Napier, who would go on to work with like Jonathan Demme. And my attention was kind of wandering for it. That it doesn't have it doesn't, the, your doesn't attention have, is not wandering faster. But no. it doesn't have the sharpness <laughs> that the script has. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like with Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, okay, let's, we all know it's brilliant, it's classic. I, I would say Beyond and Faster Pussycat are on the same level. Mm-hmm. I mean, if one of them is a true piece, I mean, I would say Pussycat is like the piece of art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Beyond is right there with it. But but it's but 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 I feel like Ebert is aping the Pussycat dialogue. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does not to me. It does not have the same impact. Like yeah. there's a line where when Z Man's like. This is my party. What's it, what is, this is my party. It's my party. It's freaking me out. It's freaking me out. <laughs> yep. and, I, and, I, and I was reading that the, the actor was like, I'm not saying this line. This is stupid. What does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. And Russ is just like, you're going to say it. It's in the script. You're going to yeah. say it. And yeah. he says it. He sells it. He's like, you're going to sell it because you're an actor. And he does sell it. And it's great. Yeah. And now I know it's an iconic line. But yeah. it is ridiculous. It, yeah. I, I first heard that this line is my in party Austin Powers. And sure. And I, I was like, I first what heard does it in Austin Powers too. And I just they're even playing Strawberry Alarm Clock. Yeah, yeah. During it's that my, scene. It's yeah. my party, and it's freaking me yeah, out. It's what? kind of fabulous, but it's I do feel like it is Roger Ebert yeah. aping yeah. the Faster Pussycat dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so fun that Russ <laughs> Meyer yeah. could watch something like The Valley of the Dolls and just be like, you know, we could do this this movie and just put my aesthetic on it. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's such a dream of a mm-hmm. movie. The fact that a Fox, 20th, 20th century Fox made Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And it's like, you yeah. can't even compare that to anything being Ugh. made now, too. It's so good. It's so good. Great. The music. <laughs> I was listening to the soundtrack on the way here in my car. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Spotify. Oh, I love that. I love, yeah. And the Pussycat soundtrack's on Spotify, too, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, that intro song was, or not the intro song, the song at the end over the, uh, are there even closing credits? Yeah, there's, there's closing credits. Um, that song's amazing. I just looked it up and I was like, it's, it's on iTunes. But you know, I teach screenwriting at AFI and I was talking to my, cl- my, work, my workshop about this today. Mm-hmm. And about, I was the, like, about this movie? I, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm doing yeah, a podcast right. later. I'm talking about a film called Faster Pussy Cat Kill Kill <laughs> by Russ Meyer, who's a, you know, the father of exploitation cinema. And they're like, Faster, they're like, Faster Pussy Cat Kill Kill? <laughs> Did you just say, wait, Faster? <laughs> they're trying to put these four words together. Yes. Sure. And I was like, this is why the the youth of today needs to remember. Right. I mean, because the the title alone is like it's such a pro, it's a it's still a to this day a provocation. Well, that's the other you know? thing too is that this title. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? It's I you don't know what it means, <laughs> but it's so much fun to say though. It doesn't Faster matter. Pussycat kill kill. 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 Okay, so it Russ means Meyer, guess what? You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. That's what absolutely. it means. So Russ Meyer said it's got everything <laughs> that this movie has. It's got speed, mm-hmm. it's got sex, and it's got violence. And the beginning of this movie, after he does that formal thing, welcome to the violence speech, right? Yeah. Over, the, over the mag, 
you see the gyrating women's bodies mm-hmm. from below, and they look like giants. They're yes. terrifying and sexy and yeah. crazy. <laughs> then you hear men going like, "Do it, do yeah. it!" Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the men are like, "Go, go!" Yeah. And it's really unsettling and it disturbing. Is. It is. Yeah. Because yeah. the men are saying, "What? Work, work your pussies?" Yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically, <laughs> you know, go, pussy. go, pop this pussy. Yeah, yeah. And it's like. What, what 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 can they do? They're they're they're, they're gyrating at full speed, and they're and they're ang- they're <laughs> angrily saying these things. They're angrily they're like, and yeah. then guess what? The women get in their fucking Porsches and do go yeah. beyond that. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I love how kind of period these women's bodies are. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure, because like especially with with like Tura's like waist. Well, yeah. you know, you go to strip clubs now, and it's like mm-hmm. it's 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 a little different. They're not mm-hmm. exactly looking like mm-hmm. looking like these three, um, and the the way they look when they're dancing at the beginning in these costumes with the, you know, they're wearing like Lori Williams hose in, that, in that bikini that they're yeah. like bedazzled, like, or like stoned, mm-hmm. you know, stone stockings, like with bikinis and all of that. And just the way that their bodies look when they're making these movements, it's so specific to the period. And I mean, a lot of that has to do with the, what they're wearing, you know, the, you know, underwear and foundation garments and all that don't look the same or do the same thing anymore. But yeah, when you do see them finally in their costumes, I feel like, like you were saying, Haji is the most contemporary looking. Yeah. Just because she's, I think she's the least, like, maybe voluptuous of the what three. Is, do we know Haji's ethnicity? That was something that she I was looking Italian to me. up. Yeah, and she's kind of doing an Italian accent, yeah. right? Haji is from Quebec. Oh. So she's French-Canadian. Oh, she's French. I just, mm-hmm. I just feel like Haji jumped out of, like, a Fellini film. But she's kind of doing, like, an Italian accent mm-hmm. in a lot of these movies. Yeah. And w- was it Super Vixen that you were watching? Yeah. So she's in, she's in Super Vixen. She plays a bartender. And she is wearing... She's tending bar in a bikini, but completely her body is stoned. Like, she's wearing, like... She's wearing the stones on her jewels, face. Jewels, like... Like, but like full drag. But that's the next level to what Tour Tour does with her, with her eyebrows. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. That's that. That makes total sense. Yeah. And then in Beyond the Valley, I mean, those looks are crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have Z Man with what a, a with breasts <laughs> and like a, a weird like dildo he's wearing, right? Or yeah, yeah. Haji's filmography is like some of these titles: Super Vixen, Up Your Alley. She's in Bigfoot, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Haji, I mean, Haji almost sounds like a stripper name. Like, it I, does. I, I, wonder, mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if she was a go-go dancer or a stripper or if she did burlesque. I'd love to know the origins of Haji. She I began she, on uh, her uh, biography on IMDb that at the age of 14 began topless dancing. 14? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yep, yeah. so she began mm-hmm. exotic dancing at a very young age. Wow. But how cool that Susan Bernard did this movie and then went on to do a Playboy centerfold, be the, the first Jewish girl in Playboy. Probably what got her, like, I want to say this centerfold. I want to say yep. this movie yeah. got her that, yeah. And, yeah. like, and, 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 and opened her up to it, probably. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because she's exposed to women like Tora and Haji and, and Lori. Yeah. I feel like if I was 16 at that age and I get cast in this movie and they're just like, okay, they're your kidnappers, be scared. I'd be like, mm-hmm. got it. Got it. <laughs> Guess what? She looks scared. She looks and I, I, I don't think she needed to act no. because I feel yeah. like those women are, are intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're manhandling her. The, yeah. the, those women, I want to say all three of those women are way more intimidating than any man in this movie. Absolutely. Because even the vegetable, the, he's blonde. He's like a, he's like a beefcake. Yeah. Yeah. The dad's in a wheelchair. So grandpa's not scary. Yeah. And then the third guy's just like a skinny dude that, yeah. that, 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 ta, ter, uh, Tura, you know, has her way with. I, yeah. That, 
every now and then I kind of would get like, okay, the skinny brother who's kind of like the normal one. I'm like, all right, but is he scary? Because when, the whole time, because you think that he's going to save Linda. Well, there's too. the point when yep. there's the point when she runs away and she finds him, but she doesn't know that he lives there and she's like oh you're gonna take me to the police blah 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 they're after me they're trying to kill me they killed my boyfriend and the whole time he's just like don't worry i live here you know and he's saying all this stuff and you're like Ooh. as he takes her back <laughs> is he gonna when kill he her? fully like, knows damn well that she's been running from that direction like where else too? would she be where else would she have been, been coming from just take her to the cops you know and how about when the grandpa's like the last you know to the vegetable son the last girl you brought over here, you know, you were too rough with her. Ugh, you saw rough. what happened with that one. Yeah. Don't be so rough. Yeah. And it, you're just, I like that it just evokes yeah. sort of like. That's this. very psycho. Yeah. That's very Norma talking to yes. Norman about yeah. like, yep. oh, and what about the other ones? Like, ooh. I know, but did you ever feel like the blonde, quote unquote, vegetable mm-hmm. son, beefcake dude? Sure. Was ever scary or a threat? Or a threat? Not until he saw Billy get killed. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of something kind of snapped because he mm-hmm. like I think they're playing it up that like maybe he did kind of fall in love with her, mm-hmm. and when he saw that was he sees her there on the ground <gasps> with a knife in her back. When Tura throws the knife, yeah, at yeah Billy's back, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of the best sequences in this movie. Mm-hmm. It, because right. you know, you kind of have a feeling of female solidarity. Yes, yeah. sure. With and, the three and, of them, and yeah. you kind of think like, well, she's not clearly going to like that's her sister. Yeah, yeah. She's not going to do anything Be- to her. Well, because that's the point where you're like, oh, Billy's not in this for the violence and the, you know, and the high. She, like I said, Billy's in it for have some fun, mm-hmm. drink some booze, mm-hmm. find some, find some cute boys, make some money, some mangles. yeah, make a little money on the side, some whatever, grips. yeah. But when it gets too real, that's when she's, you know what, fuck this, I'm leaving, and that's the point where Varla's like, no, you ain't. Mm-hmm. Varla takes her out so hard. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah, and then they're like, should we pull? We should at least pull the knife out of her back. Yes, and it's just. It's really oh that scene with Haji and when, yeah. she, when Haji's talking with the vegetable yeah and she mentions that are you going to take the knife out of her back? Mm-hmm. Well, she only says that because Varla wants the knife back. I She's know, like, Bring but the, the way that Haji's <laughs> looking, but the way that Haji's looking at the vegetable, she, though, yeah, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah, yeah. it it's very heartbreaking. But yeah. okay, so first of all, this whole scene's crazy because yeah. Varla Tura she kills Billy. She throws a knife. And her. Billy's the third girl. Just yeah. these, she is the third pussycat. Yeah. So she, you don't expect her to ever no, do that. Not at all. But the thing is, Varla does, she's, tells uh, Haji, give me the knife. Varla doesn't have a knife on her. She like tells Haji, like, you've got the knife, like, mm-hmm. hand it over. And Haji's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what are you gonna kill her now? And she's like, Yes, I straight up am. Mm-hmm. And then does. Mm-hmm. And then she says, Okay, now we gotta get now we gotta take care of grandpa mm-hmm. in the wheelchair, go get the knife back. And she's like, Oh fuck me. Yeah. So yeah, so when she does, she's having this conversation with the vegetable, mm-hmm. and it's just like she does not know what to do to to, to, to navigate this. It's a very poignant moment. It really mm-hmm. is. And a film that doesn't have a lot of that. And Haji plays it really well Mm -hmm. she played like you are feeling for you're just like oh my god she's just like she's creeped out she's like she yeah it's it's a it's an interesting scene to to play and and i think they all do such a great kind of when you look at their characters of how much shit have they had to put up with tura right of like how many crazy adventures have they had with her where this has been the end result. Was there a too. fourth pussycat at some point? Was, was there a fourth <laughs> pussycat? Sure. Yeah. Varla took care of. 
Yeah. Um, that's that's when it starts to get like super real. Because the whole time you're just like, okay, she already broke this guy's back out there in the middle of this dry lake bed. But this is when it gets like, it's between the three of them. It's kind of genius that she kills the hot blood blonde dude with a car. Yeah. Because he's such a big dude. Yeah. He works out. Yeah. How you would question otherwise? Well, one of her karate chops is not going to do this. Yeah, no. (laughs) But guess what? The Porsche will do it. Yes, and it takes what a good five minutes on screen. Yeah, like it. it, It's gratuitous, but in a great way. No, yeah. It's not easy to stage scenes of violence that that are um, realistic looking and that feel effective and shocking. Yeah, and this movie does it. Yeah, absolutely. And even like the larger than life violence in this movie of. Varla trying to run over the vegetable and yeah. pinning him with the car. Like, you buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like buy said, that he's some, like. You're mm-hmm. suspending your disbelief he, that he's pushing You buy that he's pushing back do, that car. You do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, and I think it would be a little bit too much for us as the audience to see her rolling around on the ground with yeah. this guy that could snap her neck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, the car fails. Yeah. Varla. Yeah. Varla, Varla yeah. has her, the metal to the pedal. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The car fails her. Yeah. The Porsche gets... Uh, it d- digs itself into the ground. Dig into yeah, the dirt. into a rut, yeah. And you kind of think, oh, she's going to leave. She could, she could steal another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plenty more where that came Doesn't from. Doesn't she just leave the Porsche there? Well, there's two more. Yeah, two more cars. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, Billy's not going to need that one anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, neither is, neither is uh, Haji because... When he does take the knife out, he's like, oh, you want this knife? That is like, ooh, that one got me. Yeah. Right in the feels. I was like, no, not Haji. The other disturbing <laughs> element to this is just like the, the laissez-faire way that Tora plays with the Susan Bernard character. Like, mm-hmm. Sure. Because you know the whole time they're going to kill her later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are they? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I feel like Tora's like a cat. Playing with a mouse, right. yeah, and that girl's like a she's, mouse. She's yeah. feeling it out. Yeah, she could she's be like, the other pussy cat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for now we're gonna let's drug, see how she does let's today. Drug her today. Yeah. Yeah. In two hours we'll deal with this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But, that, but just the idea of violence, the way she flirts with violence, is 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 is, is emotionally taxing to watch. Right. You know, because I think she says stuff about like, yeah, we'll take you home, or like, or she at least tells. The brother, like, we're going to, you know, we, we got her. We're going to take her home after this. But yeah, because like, there is this idea of female solidarity that she does sort of, like, dangle and right. does get played with and feels yeah. like it's on the table the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but is it? I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think, like, in a modern movie, they would have to kind of give Varla these scenes of, like, telling the girl or, like, luring them in or kind of, like, giving them these false impressions of, like, you know... I would never do anything like that to you, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't matter here. We just, we see, we get what we get and it's like, and it's still super effective. I mean, you mentioned sociopath earlier with (laughs) Varla of when Linda is going to be running off with Kirk and she's kind of like, oh no, well, let me, let me just drive you in the town. Yeah. Like, 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 don't worry about any of this. It's been a crazy day. Let me just, let me just drive you in the town. And you can just really see that manipulation with Varla yes. yeah. of that stuff like this has worked in the past with her. Yeah. And it's a, it's that manipulation. It's that coming up with the lie on the top of your head and selling it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the way you do it is because you believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're just like, well, Tora says it in the beginning. I don't try. I do. Yes. Yes. And it's sort of her mantra throughout the film. She keeps doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing about those <laughs> lies that are that are effective is that you don't 
oversell it. You give mm-hmm. just the right amount of information. Like, yeah, I'm taking you back to touch. Just shut, yeah. just shut your mouth. <laughs> you know, shut your mouth. I got you. There's there's ways to do it. And yeah, there's just something this master manipulator that that Varla is with everybody, even with the girls in her gang, you know. And it's like, I think that maybe uh, Haji and Billy have this idea of like, yeah, we, we, we're this tough girl gang. And Varla's just like, Whatever, dude. Like, I could take or leave these. Two. You're just around. You're just around for the ride, or yeah, as long as yeah. I want you around. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because she's so quick to, yeah, to play chicken, to do all these things. Give me that knife, you know. Just because, what would happen if Billy just left? I don't think Billy's the kind of person that would run to the cops for what she's going impl- to no, implicate no. herself in half of this. She shit. already has a, you know? a, a record. She's probably, yeah, probably all they're all wanted. Yeah. So if Billy just mm-hmm. left. Fine. Nothing would have happened. But no, she still she could not even let that like let that happen. But how funny is that 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 thing about the lunch? Is it formal or can we stay comfortable? <laughs> Dude, they don't have any other clothes in the car. Yeah, no. Wait, what, what are they gonna do? Doesn't, yeah. She doesn't wear anything formal. Don't you feel like she sort of lives in that outfit? It's oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> yes. This is her You yeah. can't ever imagine her changing, yeah. right? She's got that that Bill Gates closet of just like yeah. that top yeah. <laughs> and multiples of it. Um although I think Billy's wearing pants before she jumps into the lake and mm-hmm. then is in shorts the rest of the movie. Right. But that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this. <laughs> He's like, we don't we don't stand on formality here, the old man. He wants company. Our yes, kind of company. Our kind of company. Um, <laughs> later on in the movie, when uh, all the shit hits the fan and we find out that the money is not hidden in the house, it's like in a lockbox under his wheelchair. This crazy, like, I forgot about that. Of that. I know that I had seen this movie a few times, but I always yeah. forget where the money is. Yeah. And it's in the wheelchair. And uh, Varla, Varla calls him a scratch. I gotta go pick up the scratch. And she tells, she tells Haji to go get the, go get the knife while I get, while I pick up the scratch. I love that shit. <laughs> Calling I money love, scratch. Yeah, the language is amazing. Um, but yeah, the, she says something about like, oh, he had it on him the whole time. Like, yeah, that that old man, it's like he's he's gross. He's like shifty. He does that thing where he's like, Oh, I threw the I threw the keys in the desert. Like, you wanna you wanna take the truck back? Well, good fucking luck, because I threw the keys. But he's got the keys on him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like this old man is like it's one of those things where he is really a villain, and when he gets like hit by the car and knocked out of his wheelchair, you're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't care. Uh, you don't care when he finally gets his comeuppance because because no. he's because he's gross. Yeah. Especially when he, you know, uh, when Linda runs away the first time, and Billy comes out and he's like, oh, she like, you know, he says something about like she, the way she took off and. And um, Billy's just like, oh, you got a you got a shotgun in her belly the whole time, and like, and like she beat you up or something. The way that kind of Billy kind of comes to her defense, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it's her captor, because she's just like, no, dude, you're a gross old man with a fucking gun, mm-hmm. and like, what? You, now you're now you're pissed off that she that she got away. Um, it's very interesting the way that the way that. Uh, that she came at him with that line. I want to. I want to find the the line. She says something about like you had a you had a gun in her belly and. Oh, they said that Pussycat was his second most successful film he made Ooh. because women liked it. Yeah. So it, it finally oh. drew in a women audience. It that's, found that, its that's audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
The um, we didn't talk about him too much, but the gas station attendant that had like no teeth. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was amazing. <laughs> he, was, he was he was great. The way he's just like looking at these these ladies and like looking at their cars and like telling the story about like this old dude with all this money. You're just like, all right, dude. He's just happy to see somebody. Oh, another fun fact about Tora. You know, mm-hmm. she did work as a secretary for a doctor. Okay. Apparently, she encountered some young men ransacking the office and oh, threw them and threw them out the window. Oh my god. Work. So t- Tora, not out the window. Yeah. <laughs> so Tora does have that capacity, apparently. Wow, I love that. There's also a wild story with her on IMDb. Hold on, or on Wikipedia. One of my other favorite lines about uh, in this movie is what is it? Uh, a velvet glove cast in iron. What did she say? Oh, you're cute, like a velvet glove cast in iron. Uh, Billy tells that to. Oh, that's a good one. To Varla. That's really great. Yeah. Did you guys know that Beyond the Valley of the Dolls saves Fox? I didn't know that. That's wild. Saved, oh, was saved. was Fox not not doing well I guess not. financially, and they needed something to make like a quick profit? Yeah. But Russ, you know, another thing about him is that he was he was all about the freedom, right, of what you see on screen, whether right. it's violence or sexuality and all mm-hmm. that. Um, and he dis he disliked the term hardcore, which I get because the films are, are cinema, right? Yeah, I would say that they're, they're pure cinema. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not it's not they aren't hardcore. No, they're not hardcore. Yeah. Um, no. but the first. Film of his that got an X was was Vixen. Okay, and it was it made it was made for sixty thousand dollars and it made twenty eight million apparently. Holy shit! Playing fifty eight weeks mm-hmm. on one screen in Chicago. Wild. Wow. And Vixen is sixty eight. Okay. Vixen, I guess, attracted it. Uh, it was one of the first exploitation films that attracted a female audience, which is why it was a breakthrough film for him. Okay. Um, but it doesn't have like the snappy dialogue of like Beyond the Valley right, or right. Faster Pussycat. Yeah. And Super Vixens, Scott, the one that you were watching, we were watching earlier today, that's from 1975. I wonder if it's just unrelated to Vixen. It's just called Super yeah. Vixens. I think it's a different actress. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, again, that was one that, yeah, the dialogue's not there. It's a little, bo- it's a little bit more uh, graphic in the, you know, mm-hmm. in the nudity department. Still not, Hardcore by any means. Mm-hmm. Super Vixens, um, yeah. Just something that, yeah, maybe would be late night on a Cinemax or something. Mm-hmm. But um, see a, a young Charles Napier in it mm-hmm. who plays a character named Harry Sledge. Charles Napier from Austin yep. Powers and wow. uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Collaborator of, uh, of Demi. Yep. Is he in more than Silence of the Lambs? He's in a ton of Jonathan Demi movies. Oh, like okay. almost every single Jonathan Demi movie from the 80s and 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a he's a, listeners, he's the uh army general in Austin Powers who says we're off to London, England. Gets his like face like ripped off by <laughs> his face eaten by his by, face eaten by by Hannibal Lecter. By Hannibal Lecter, yes indeed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that one like like I was saying, it's a it's more uh graphic um but yeah, it's not like they're people like, you know, simulating sex acts. It's I just mean, like ladies in teddies. Mm-hmm. And you can see their nipples kind of through the clothing that they're wearing, but they're still wearing a teddy. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also, like you were mentioning, the dialogue is just not, it's it's fun. It's yeah. still fun. You're just like, okay, that's a good one. Yeah. But it's not, it's nowhere near as like, as quick. and Yeah, as they're like, erotic, but they're not silly or bombastic. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. There you go. Um, but they flirt with like taboos like incest and like, you know, like threesomes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and it's women led is Erica Gavin, you know, doing all the all the sex scenes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, but the, yeah, so that just kind of goes to show that something like Faster Pussycat, where it, it may have this reputation as being you know, one type of movie. When you actually sit down and watch it, give it a chance, you're just like, oh, this is so much more. And by the way, Erica Gavin is in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's, sure. the, she's the one that, like, they, they put the gun in her mouth. At the All end. right. Like, he's kind of filleting her with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember that. I, I, I think she's the last watch Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, and I had not seen it until a friend of the podcast, Mike Descano, like mm-hmm. was pestering me about Forced finally <laughs> finally watching it, and I sat and I rented the Criterion mm-hmm. from Videotech. Yeah, yeah. Um, where do you, if you had to cast the Jawbreaker girls? I mean, Rose is Chora, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, obviously. I, uh, <laughs> the blonde would be Marcy Fox. Sure. Mm. Yep. Haji. Uh, Oh, I guess I guess uh, Haji would be a mix of you know I don't know Marcy Fox would be a mix of Haji and the blonde. Okay. Yeah, and then the Fern Fern character Violet. I guess she would be. I don't know. She's not really represented. Yeah, right? she's not really represented. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's as if like the the Susan Bernhard character could become yeah. one of the faster pussycat yeah. kill kill D- Dane women. Is the, yep, Dane is fully the blonde vegetable. <laughs> the blonde <laughs> vegetable. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Then, yeah, the old man could be like Miss Sherwood or something. <laughs> you know, Ebert gave Jawbreaker probably the most scathing review ever. Really? Oh. Yeah, oh. the most scathing. <laughs> It was so bad. I remember people calling me and be like, oh my, holy shit, Roger Ebert just fucking crucified Joey oh, so wow. hard. Like, he hated it. So, it was like an affront. By the way, John Waters loves it. So I'd rather oh, that, well, that's all that matters to me. Like, yeah. John Waters likes it. But <laughs> I felt, I was really pissed at Ebert. So I was like, fuck you, you wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls and you're going to hit on my Right, movie. yeah. That's, yeah. You know, Roger Ebert could be sometimes a fuddy-duddy with certain movies, though. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's exactly the thing. When, I remember mm-hmm. yeah. when I first found out that he wrote mm-hmm. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, mm-hmm. I was like, Wait a minute. So then, where do you get off? <laughs> well, it's like, and it's like the way Gene Siskel hates Friday the Thirteenth and horror movies. You know, they both, yeah. you know, don't have like a trash aesthetic always. Right. But I just feel like also it's like hating what you are, like you seeing yourself in the mirror and being sure. like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, right? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sigh. Sense. Anyway, uh, it's sigh. all good. <laughs> R.I.P. Robert. Yeah, absolutely. Robert. <laughs> we still love you. I mean, I still mad respect. Yeah, honestly. yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Everybody, listeners, don't go looking up that interview <laughs> or that that review. Did it make <laughs> it to actually like? It's been scrubbed. I don't like know. I mean, no, but I think getting a really bad review from Ebert's kind of cool. Sure, because it, it was on the show. Okay, uh, oh, that's why it was brutal. It was if on it the made it on the show, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of fun. I think though. it was on the show. That's <laughs> yeah. that's just cool. Yeah, that's cool. But I, I, I'm not uh, masochistic enough to uh, yeah go back and watch it. Like I think sure. I watched it once twenty years, five years ago, and that was that. What did Jawbreaker <laughs> open yeah. with? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I mean, it, I like how much did it make? No, I mean, no, 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 I mean, no. like, oh, what um, were the other movies that came out yeah, Office like, on that Friday? Office that space. Weekend. But that was kind of a sleeper. And too, Office Space didn't, yeah. didn't make a lot of money in its release, too. <sighs> I forget what the other ones were. I still think, I should know. I should know. I still are. think <laughs> it's wild that that movie opened within a at month all. at all. Well, yeah. it opened. <laughs> it opened within a month of something like She's All That. Is that, of that if you can really see like. And Freddie, Freddie, the, Freddie, the range Freddie of was like in my first film, Sparkler. teen movies, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, I, and I ran into him at a party, and I was like, "Oh boy, you know, you have she's all that opening. I had Jawbreaker. I guess we'll just have to see who does better." Like we, <laughs> we had a fun like little like repartee about it. That's cute. and he's like, "I'm gonna crucify you." I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, sure, Freddie." <laughs> and of course, it did well because it's, yeah. it's a big commercial movie. Sure, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, and it, they're, and they're, it had like the Weinstein's backing it too. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that just like. 
the range of teen movies at that time. Wild. That yeah. we went Nine. from She's All That, Varsity Blues, Jawbreaker. All one year. All yeah. within like two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that year also had ele- election, Virgin Suicide. Yep. Oh my God. It was a great year. Wow. Drop Dead Gorgeous, I think, might have been that year. I mean, maybe Drop not. Dead Gorgeous, I believe, was August or July of 99. Okay. Yeah, that yep. was that year. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was a great year. They're all they're all turning twenty five. Oh my goodness! I, yeah, the um, Alamo Draft House just did a nineteen ninety nine time capsule, and so they played Jawbreakers, one of their movies, wow. in, in all their theaters across the country. That's cool. That was nice. It was nice to be included in that because that could have yeah. been didn't mm-hmm. have to be in that, but did well. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, twenty five years. That's I don't like thinking about those things. I know because being a full adult twenty five years ago is <laughs> no. But when I made job, I was like 26, 27. Yeah. I was young. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I wasn't a full adult. No, I mean, yeah. I mean <laughs> at twenty six, you are a full adult. But That's I what I mean. I, yeah, I certainly yeah. had a lot of growing to do. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. and maybe legally, we're 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 f- fully formed adults in our heads and our yes. minds. I've, I feel like I'm a good, you know. 12, 13 on a good day. <laughs> 17 if I'm really trying. It's true. But uh, but here we are. Um, Do we have any kind of wrap-up thoughts about Faster Pussycat? Kill Kill? I th- I just recommend go watch it on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's such, a, it's such a fun time capsule yeah, of yeah. this alternative fact- culture and film in the mid-60s. Yeah. And I would say it's on... The same par as Psycho, as far oh, as absolutely. how important it is mm-hmm. and how how much it affected cinema. Right, and then I would also say, let's try to get Gen Z and like make, make people aware of it. Yeah, because it's not. I, I feel like you know it's so easy when it's something's only on YouTube for things right. to, to fade into obscurity mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and you know that's. We have this conversation all the time about, you know, Gen Z and younger millennials. Do young having, people care about movies? Having this mindset of, yeah. if it's not streaming, I'm not watching it. You know, if it's not on Netflix, I'm not watching I it. I think sometimes like, if their parents do, they, yeah. they, they sort of get it, you know, into it. Um, I'm not even sure, like, my students who are, like, in their early 20s, what are, are they Gen Z? What are they? Yeah, that's I think, the thing. I, don't I think early, I think I early 20, I think Gen Z is anyone born after the year 2000. Well, I, I will say that the people at AFI in the grad school who are like in their early 20, 20 to 25, they all love cinema. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. they they well, did, yeah. they definitely, they did not know Faster, faster Pussycat. <laughs> and they were like trying to wrap their heads around those four words. Yeah, yeah, Faster yeah. Pussycat Kill. But, well, you know, one of the girls was from India, so I, I could see why she <laughs> she might have found the title sure. weirder. Sure, sure. But um, it is a, it's a strange title. And yeah. even if you look at the posters, for the, it's only like... One, two posters that exist. There's like the domestic poster and the, mm-hmm. and the international poster. There's not even a lot of art for the film. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the American poster is just like black, white, and red. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it feels very cult exploitation. Cinema. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think just kind of like Russ Meyer, like I said, if you, if you didn't know who he was, you kind of maybe you have that thing in your head of, oh, okay, he does the movies with the ladies with the big boobs or whatever. But I, I there's just something about, you know, Quote, quote unquote cult cult cinema and I'm always the kind of person that like even when video stores were kind of popular I would always kind of go to if there was a cult section I would always kind of just go and see what was in there and look around but that's that's just me I know not everybody's kind of like that but so you're you're doing the Lord's work teaching these kids about <laughs> mm-hmm. about Russ Meyer and and, uh, and this piece of cinema but I don't know well, maybe also maybe- you can't get this if you can't get it on blue yeah 
if you can't get the media, does it exist? You know, it's right. Yeah. Vixen isn't on blue. You know, the, his only film, what it's beyond the Valley of the Dolls is on criterion. It's mm-hmm. the only one I mm-hmm. think I'm not sure, but you know, that's, and there's some, there's rights issues, I guess with them. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're big proponents of physical media in this house. So like I said, we, we do go and find these video stores that are still around, you know, we're lucky that we're in Los Angeles. So there's a couple of big ones. Because uh, Videots just reopened a couple That's a year right. or two ago, and um, and Videotech out in Highland Park, so we're able to do that. But I feel like even if we wanted to just buy it on even just a DVD, mm-hmm. would we be able to? I don't know. Is it just on Amazon? Like, there's a DVD of Faster Pussycat. No, you have to, it, it's a hundred or hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, for a Faster Pussycat. DVD yeah, I'm kind of looking up the studio. So I mean, Olive Myers, uh, his movies at this time were RM Films International. I don't really know when you look at just sort of the ownership of all of these studios who even has the rights to this anymore. I don't know. Interesting. Well, YouTube's there for now. So that's a great transfer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, So we should probably wrap it up just because of timing. So Darren, tell us where people can find you. Just my name at Darren Stein on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Any events coming up? Uh, Events? I don't think so. No events to speak of. But yeah. All right. We got to do the Jawbreaker Q&A with you last summer. We're developing the, mo- the we're, we're still developing the, mu- the movie musical at Columbia. Nice. nice. Okay. That's amazing. Yes, it's out to some pop stars. They want to get a pop star attached, so fingers crossed that happens very soon. Fun. Um, and then I have another movie that's out to an actress, so uh, I'm hoping she signs on and we can get this film made. That's really Yay. cool. That's yeah, awesome. Are happening. It's good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank I you always so love much. seeing you guys. It's so yeah, nice to see you. same thing. Uh, well, this is season six. Thank you for coming back, and we would love to have you on again. Always. All righty. Well, uh, until next time, we'll see you next time, uh, Darren. And thank you so much, listeners. Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Yes, indeed. Uh, man, season six, off to a great start. Darren, a uh, great guest as usual. Go out and... Buy Jawbreaker if you Jawbreaker. already. Line those pockets so Darren will come back and do another show. 25 years old. I can't believe it. It feels yeah. like just yesterday that I was looking at that film poster in the Judith Theater lobby. Yeah, absolutely. A movie that was never going to be playing in my small town. <laughs> Movies from 1999 are turning 25 this year, and I don't want to hear about it. But We're doing a fun thing on on our Patreon right now with it though yeah absolutely we're gonna try to do uh, commentary tracks for movies that were released in 1999 we we might go back and forth between 1999 and 94 so movies that are turning 25 or turning 30 yeah we'll be doing commentary Fun tracks Patreon for stuff. on the Patreon and speaking of the Patreon oh Patreon shout outs yes indeed Patreon shout outs <laughs> We would love to say a great big hello and thank you to all of our wonderful patrons who've stuck with us through the little break and um, are still with us now. And any new patrons want to say a great big hey, hey, hello, and thanks to all of you, including Courtney, Christina, our friends at How Do You Drew podcast, uh, our friend Andy, Kate, uh, Pep, Tammy, Roberto, Brett, Daisy, Kelly, Chrissy, Stephen, Desiree, Laura, Thomas, Lori, Brenna, Jessa Rabbit, Lawrence, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Millie, Ted, 
Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and uh, Rafino. You guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a patron. Thank you so much. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay and you'll see all of the different levels and all of the fun stuff we have. We're talking about our commentary tracks. That is at the $10 and below, uh, $10 level. You can get all of our commentary tracks. There's pushing 40 commentaries on there. You can listen to them as a uh, regular bonus episode, or you can sync it up with your copy of the movie. If you have the movie in question, if it's on streaming, if you have the DVD, we'll give you instructions on how to sync it up. And so uh, you're listening to us tell jokes and uh, tell stories as the movie's playing. It's really fun. Um, We just did Never Been Kissed. We sure did. Movie from 1999, turning 25. So check that out. There's also TV that made us gay. That's at the $5 level. Um, $5 and above, and uh, we've got a couple of TV shows in there, and we're going to come out with a new one every month moving forward, so uh, if you've got $5, you can check out all of those and all the back episodes of that, and um, you know, if you can only afford you know one donation, that's fine. Throw down $10, and for 30 days, you got access to everything, yeah. you know? So it's a, it's a lot of fun stuff over there, and all of your donations go directly to keeping the show on the air, ad-free, uh, Every Friday. Mm-hmm. So check us out. Pa- uh, Patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. You can also follow us on all the socials. We're on pretty much everything. We're at movies that made us gay on Instagram and Facebook. We're most active on Instagram, but you can follow us on all the uh, other Twitter esque apps, X Blue Sky and Threads. Yeah, you can also follow. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. I'm uh, at Peter Lasagna on Instagram. And uh, follow Scott's Letterboxd. I don't have one, but uh, I pretty much watch You do have one. You just don't use it. Yeah. So check us out. Follow us there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. See you later. Bye.